Hello and welcome to another episode of Home and Away. This week we are joined by someone who's truly a trailblazer. His journey took him from Cameroon all the way to the NBA. He talks about that journey, the moments to remember, and the message behind the process. It's none other than Luke Baumute. Hope you'll enjoy. Starting off, how did you originally get into basketball? Like, what were those early days like? So I, I got into basketball because of my brother. Um, obviously, growing up in Cameroon, I played football, uh, soccer, um, my whole life. And in my neighborhood, there was actually a basketball hoops, but we used to cross the basketball hoops to go play soccer. And then my brother, he went to a different school. At some point, we went, we kind of went to different schools. And then at his school, they had a basketball gym. So um, he started coming home and kind of teaching me basketball and you know, he wanted somebody to play with. So I was kind of like the guy I had to play with him. And slowly but surely, I started to love the game. And we started like watching uh, basketball on TV. We used to watch the Bulls at the time. It was Michael Jordan. And, you know, once once we got into it, I just, you know, that's how I fell in love with the game. And I just started playing. And, you know, you have been a source of inspiration for, you know, so many people. But, you know, when you were starting to watch the game, who was that early source of inspiration for you to just get into the game? Michael Jordan, for sure. Uh, I mean, Scottie Pippen too, to some extent. Uh, that's later on, once I started, like, you know, really playing uh, at the club level. Um, but, like, Michael Jordan, for sure, was was our inspiration. Um, I think he, he he made all of us dream. And um, and at the time, too, you know, it's, uh, Magic was also a big part of it as well, you know, because Magic was also somebody that people in Cameroon respected a lot. Um, but yeah, Michael was a, was our first inspiration. Like I said, as I started playing in clubs, it kind of changed because I started realizing position. So, um, uh, then I started wanting to play like Scotty Pippen and then Tracy McGrady. Those were the guys that, um, kind of was, uh, I was looking up to as far as like the game. Yeah. Because you just stylistically, you know, Scotty Pippen just makes sense for you because of just the way you play. So was that someone who you stylistically look towards, you know, trying to see how you would like to play? Definitely, definitely. I think, uh, you know, just his versatility, um, just being able to guard, being able to impact the game on offense and on defense um, was something that I just kind of got drawn on to early. Um, Tracy McGrady was also somebody that I really liked earlier because um, we had kind of like similar games. Um early when I started playing. So those were kind of like the two guys that I uh, I was really familiar and I associated, try to, you know, portray my game after. Right. And eventually you made the move to the States, you know, for your education in high school. What was that transition like coming to America and just getting used to how things work around there? It was tough, man. Um, coming to an environment where, you know, you kind of by yourself. I grew up by the grace of the Lord with both of my parents. Um, so having those, that support system and I had obviously brothers and sisters and people in the house, having that support system really helped me a lot. Um, and then all of a sudden in, you know, blink of an eye, you just, in a society, a different society, having to learn a different language, having to navigate pretty much all by yourself. Cause I mean, is you, you can call your parents, but they don't understand, you know, it's not like they understand what you're telling them. They, there's nobody in your family that has gone through it that you can talk to or whatever. So you pretty much have to fend for yourself. And it was hard. Um, but 
I mean, uh, I had good friends. I had good system. I had good coaches. I had good host families. I had people around me who really helped me kind of get through it. Um, and uh, slowly but surely, I started to kind of find my way um, after that first year, um, especially in, on the basketball level, it was hard as well because, you know, obviously transitioning, uh, playing in Cameroon is more of a European game. Um, and then transitioning to the American game is much faster, much more athletic, um, guys are more physical. So all that stuff, you know, you had to get adjusted to. And um, it took me probably about a year. And then after my, my junior year, my senior year, I started really feeling comfortable and getting comfortable with the game. And uh, that's kind of how I went. It's interesting that you mentioned the American style of basketball, because in terms of what's portrayed, it's a lot to do with moments. You know, it's about highlights. It's about being flashy. You know, it's not always about European basketball is more of a stylistic fit. You know, you fit into a system, yeah. whereas in America, it's more of an individual style. Correct. Was that something that you realized quickly that you have to be more of an individual in the States? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think I that's that's been kind of my battle even throughout my whole career is that, you know, I just learned the game. And it's been good and bad at times. You know, it's, it's been good because I've always kind of felt like Every team I've been on, I've always kind of been a team guy. I've always kind of put the team first uh, ahead of myself. And individually, it hurt me a little bit, you know, just because, you know, I was never able to kind of like showcase my game. Uh, in high school, I was able to more. Uh, but then once you get to, to college and, and pros, you know, uh, it becomes team first because that's how you learn the game. And that's kind of how I fell in love with the game was about uh, I played point guard growing up. So it was just about getting everybody else involved, putting the team first. And, um, you know, I, I mean, it, it just made me who I was as a player, you know. Um, again, like I said, it was some good and some bad. Some some goods definitely, like, you know, giving me the ability to be on most of the teams I've been on, that glue guy, um, that guy who just kind of, like, always make the team better. Um, and then on the other end, individually, um, it affected me a little bit, but it, it was fine. I was able to, to maneuver through it, uh, especially later on to my career. And, you know, you've always talked about the importance of education, you know, and just to kids, uh, to anyone, you've always said education is quite important. How important has the, has the role of your family been in, you know, making sure you stick on with your education? And, you know, as you said, the basketball is important, but you've always given that importance to education. How important was your family in that thought process? Huge, man. Uh, huge, even to today. Um, you know, I went back and then taking classes at UCLA to, uh, to finish my degree. That's all motivated by my my father. He's never let me off the hook um, and just telling me, man, you need to get your degree. You need to get your education. You know, basketball, sports is great, but education is more important. And, you know, we always hear it. But um, when you have, you know, people in your family that are about it, you know, we were blessed to have most people in my family go to college. Um, and really far beyond, you know, post-grad. Uh, um, so it, it puts you in a position where you kind of want to be in that, you know, when you're in the room, you kind of want to, it motivates you to also like, you know, make sure you edu you get your education seriously. So all my brothers and sisters are all, you know, graduate and post-grad and they've gone on to do great things and having that support system and having those people around just makes you want to make sure that, you know, you get your education. and. And not just for me, also for the message that we send back to the younger guys. Um, so that's what's more important is like, 
okay, you got a chance to, you know, play basketball and make it to the league, but that's not it. You know, you got to make sure you, you get your education because you, you just never know. And then after that, you know, with your education, you can do better and bigger things than basketball. 100%. And, you know, you then went on to UCLA, as you mentioned. And what was that experience like for you? Because I think what's quite cool about that is how quickly you were embraced by people over there. Yeah. You, know, you and Alfred Aboya, you know, you became just stars over there. And, yeah. you know, there was a Mute Kicks Bute t-shirts and everything. And okay. it just became a movement, right? So yeah. what was that experience like in just seeing that support to, uh, immediately in, in UCLA? You know what's crazy is like, I, I feel like I appreciate that more now than when I was there. Because uh, when you're there, you just don't realize, man, you're young, you're just trying to play. Uh, it's cool. It just seems cool to have it. But you don't, you don't appreciate it as much. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously, the more I kind of got away from UCLA, the more I was like, man, we had, a, we had something really good at UCLA. And, and, and you don't know anything else. Like, you don't, you don't know what it's like at other schools. Like, you have friends who go to other colleges, but you don't know. So it's, it's not until you're kind of outside of it, looking back, and you go to other colleges, you see how it is, you see other kids, like, the experience in college, and you're like, man, we had something great. Like, to me, I was like, man, it was, it was special what we had at UCLA. Um, you know, just uh, from my own experience, you talked about, you know, obviously – they embraced that whole Prince of Westwood thing and Mute Kicks Bute. It was it was awesome. And then the fact that we were winning, uh, we went to Final Fours pretty much every no, not pretty much every year I was there. Um, was also was also great. Um, you know, we had a ch- had a chance to play with some wonderful players and amazing individuals um, that you know still friends with me today. Um, and that's that's the best thing about it. Um, unfortunately, we never got a chance to win a championship. That's what I, I wish we had. Um, but our time there was amazing. So uh, I definitely appreciate it more the older I get. So um, it was awesome. Uh, and your parents came to watch you in UCLA as well, right? They did. Yeah, my um, I think it was my yeah it was my last game. My last the last time we went to the tournament. I think it was San Antonio, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they finally had a chance. That was the first time they watched me play basketball. Really. Uh, I mean, they've always kind of heard I was playing. They never had a chance to really like come out to the U.S. to like watch me play. But that year, um, they were blessed to like have an opportunity to come, and we went to the final four. It was great. It was awesome having them there. Um, again, like the only regret that I had is that we just they never got a chance to like hold a trophy. But having them there was special for me. Um, you know, because as Africans, you know, parents, you know it's hard to, you know, get parents to support, especially in sports, especially like the way they grew up, it's all education. And I remember early on, my dad was always like, ah, no, like, are you sure about the game? Are you sure about basketball? And I was like, yeah, no, I mean, I get a chance to get an education. Then he was like, all right, oh, cool. So if I don't have to pay for college, then it's fine. But, you know, for them to be involved and come to a game, um, it was special. It was really good. So uh, I'm thankful for them for, for for that support they gave me. And did you see a shift from your parents? Did, did they start supporting you more when you got into the NBA and seeing just your success? Did, did you see them just support you more after that? Yeah, I think that's kind of when they realized how big the game was, really. Uh, I think my dad started a little bit when I was getting recruited for college because people were calling him. I think they had someone fly over there. Uh, but still, like, it's not – it kind of wasn't really resonating. Um, but when he came when he came to the U.S. and – he came to the game and they, they saw it. They really saw how big this could be. And, um, 
they've always supported me. It's just they kind of like got on to the really basketball side of things and were like pushing me to like become a better player. And um, yeah, once I became a pro, then it was easier for them to come to games, uh, obviously like uh, making more money and being able to like fly them out constantly was was also helping. So uh, yeah, it, they, they, they've I've always had great support from my family, like all throughout my career. And, you know, from there, you went on to the NBA, of course. What was that draft night draft night like for you in you know, seeing all your you know, work, everything just come to fruition on that one night? What was that moment like for you? Uh, it was interesting for me. It was kind of nerve wracking because I, I had no idea where I was going to go. Um, I had teams like promising me in first round, late first round, early second. Like I, I didn't know. I was kind of like that was kind of like my window. So. Um, I kind of like I, I had a workout the night before the work the the draft. So um, I had a bunch of workouts. So I was working out all the way until the draft, and I was actually supposed to work on draft nights. And then I was like, Nah, I'm not gonna do that. I gotta go home and watch it with my family. So um, it was it was nervous for me because I wanted to be I, I wanted to get drafted first, uh, and I wasn't 100 percent sure because you never know how this can go. Um, but you know, once I got the call from my agent telling me that I was gonna get drafted, um, I was I was excited, man. It wasn't a big night. Like I had just a couple of friends over. Um, maybe it was probably like four or five of us. Uh, just you know, very small circle, uh, and we watched it like you know my college apartment and just chilling. I mean, it was very relaxed. And then once you know we got the call, I remember just uh, getting calls from everybody all over the world, like friends, families, like everybody. And that's that was the most exciting part is just, you know, looking forward to the opportunity and like kind of realizing like that I just happened. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a memorable night. Um, definitely. Um, I think the fact that we kept it simple and kept it small made it more much more special. And you know you mentioned those in you know, those workouts that you had before the draft. How did how did those go in terms of yes, they they're seeing your ability but in your mind, do you know that they're looking out for something in particular and what you need to show? Uh, for me, I, I think the workout went actually really well. Um, I mean, I was I was projected when I, I think when I, I entered the draft, I was projected like second round, mid, I think late, early to mid second round. But um, as I started working out, um, I had a lot of interest from teams and teams were like, really looking to like move me up to the draft. Uh, obviously there's a lot of other stuff involved that I found out later on but with the draft that they couldn't really do, but um, I did really well. I was going against probably the top forwards in the, dra- in the draft class and I did really, really well, which is why I think a lot of teams um, were interested in, in bringing me uh, and having me on board because they had never seen me outside of what they saw at UCLA, most of them. So seeing me in an individual setting was different because obviously at UCLA, I never really got a chance to show my my individual skills. So uh, just seeing that part of me was, I think that's why I got him very excited. And, you know, really that's, that's why I got me drafted. And, you know, getting into the NBA, what was the most difficult thing to adjust to initially, just in terms of, was it scheduling? Was it the intensity? What was it initially the most difficult thing to get used to? Uh I mean, I, I, there's no one particular thing that I would point to. I mean, there's a lot of things that you have to get adjusted to, whether it's from just the lifestyle. Um, and then from the basketball perspective, I think like one of the most 
difficult thing for me was just everybody was good. <laughs> so you go from college where, you know, you have like one or two guys that are really good on the team to like, you know, when you get to the NBA, like guys that are sitting on the bench are really, really good players. So um, for a player like me who trying to fight, who at the time was trying to fight a niche as a lockdown defender, um, was just being able to kind of process and um, adjust to like just knowing everybody's tendency, just knowing the game and learning the game even more into details, um, which was difficult. But at the same time, you had the resource to do it. You know, I had the, you had the coaches, you had time, you know, because, you know, you didn't have anything else but to play and work on your craft. So you have time to do it. And uh, uh, by the grace of the Lord, I was able to do it. I was able to really find a niche and uh, and stay and have a you know long career. And I know this is a question that's usually asked. Did you have a welcome to the NBA moment? Was it was that something that you realized? Yes, this is the standard over here. Was that someone that he went up against? What yeah, was that one yeah. moment? Too? I I did. It, it wasn't like you know I, I went against someone or anything like that. It was just the moment because I got drafted in 08 and I think that's the year the Celtics won. So we played, I think it was opening night. We played in Boston. Um, and I remember just uh, KG used to have this routine where he would kind of like a little bit of like what the Le- LeBron does, but he would kind of get to the, like the, the, the fans, like he would point out to the fans, like on the right, on the left and just get the crowd going. And I remember sitting there like, like clapping, like I was so excited. <laughs> I was finding myself clapping. I was so hyped, like, you know, the way he was hyping the, the whole arena and the whole fans. And I was like, oh, I had to cut myself. Like, oh, let me, <laughs> let me chill for a minute. Um, and then, you know, getting into the game and uh, just guarding guys, you know, guarding Paul Pierce, guarding LeBron, guarding those guys that you watch growing up. You're like, man, I'm really checking this guy right now. You know, like, like, man, like, it's crazy. Uh, but then, like, boom, they get by you and they dunk, and then you're like, coach takes you out, and then you come back to reality. You're like, okay, okay, I got it. I got to get out of it. So I had a few of those moments my my uh, my rookie year, but definitely the, the by far, like, the coming to the NBA part was, like, that first game, and that was, that was awesome, man. That was awesome. And, you know, I have to ask, what was it like guarding against LeBron? Like, just what was that experience, like, initially just seeing LeBron? Uh, I mean, it was, it, it was, it was cool. Uh, I mean, that was obviously like, you know, like I said, just, oh, wow. Like I'm guarding LeBron. It's just like, obviously being an NBA, being able to guard him, but like guarding him itself, um, uh, I've always done a good job. I mean, uh, LeBron's never really, uh, you know, and I, and I think at the time he's obviously gotten much better to me over the years, you know, the way he's playing today is uh, unbelievable. And especially as he's shooting. But at the time, it was to me obviously being able to be as strong, um, and I can move. Um, so it was I had pretty much I was good guarding a guy like him. So, uh, but it was just the fact that you know you you in the NBA, you guarding like one of the NBA's top players. That was kind of impressive. But you know, doing it itself wasn't as wasn't as hard for me. And just in terms of your defensive style, did did you see the coaching kind of influence how you kind of? saw defending or was it something that you always carried on from you know from just when you started playing basketball no I was blessed to it was kind of both but I was first blessed to to be able to play for defensive coaches uh, all throughout you know from 
when I first started playing till high school, college, I've always played for defensive coaches and tough coaches. So defense always came natural to me and it came first, you know, because um, most teams that I've been on, it was just always defense, defense, defense. So when I came to the NBA, I knew that was kind of like, that was going to be my calling card and that's kind of how I was going to carve my niche. Um, but then like, you know, obviously coach also saw it in me and uh, I had a few coaches on the staff. I remember coach uh, Billy Peterson was one of the, probably one of the coaches who really helped me with, and helped my career just in, as far as just giving me advice and recognizing what I had uh, defensively and just pushing me I've always to always go guard the best player. I was always guarding the best player in practice and every time we step in the game. So Coach Scott saw it and, you know, as I got better at it, um, he saw that I had that and he just let me do it. Um, and then, you know, that's kind of how I got started. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, being the glue guy in a team, that's so important. Did you find yourself being okay with that role initially and seeing other people being, you know, people who get the ball more often and running the plays? Was that initially tough to adjust to or not being the main guy in a team or just being okay with being the glue guy? Uh, I think it was just, I, I was just trying to make the team kind of say, um, you know, when you get drafted in the second round, like obviously nothing is guaranteed. Uh, you're trying to make the team. So, in a way, you just kind of conform. Um, and I guess that's kind of what happened is I just kind of conformed with what was given to me and the role that was boxed in. Looking back now, I probably would have done it differently because I feel like I was just kind of boxed in into that role all throughout my career. And then it just teams never teams always felt like that's just all I was and that's all I could do. And I never kind of grew from it. And it just came from the fact that, you know, when you get drafted in a situation like that, you're just trying to make the team. So whatever the coach just kind of tells you to do and you're just trying to do it um, and you just kind of get stuck. And that's kind of what happened with me. Um, yeah, I would have had to like to have, you know, more opportunity. I should have probably uh, thought more individually and uh, because I worked on my game and I knew I could do it. But, uh, you know it's past it's just i think those are things that i can pass down to people now and i can help other younger guys with as they come into the league um but it was good i mean i think it worked out for me i was able to have a still with all that you know i think a great career and i was able to do some amazing things and even in that box that i was in i think i was you know i was one of the best at what i was doing when i played um so it was really exciting uh, was it someone? Was that someone in particular that kind of stood out to you on who you like to play with as a teammate? Because you know you played in Houston and Houston you had such a great season, and you played with Chris Paul. And who is that someone that kind of sticks out to you and someone who you really enjoyed playing with, who you know worked very well with you in, and your style? Andrew Bogut, right? Andrew Bogut by far. Um, I think. Um... He was he was so underrated as a defender, um, and and I think playing with him was great. He's so smart. He knows the game, understands the game, and having a big like him, um, he he really helped me actually defensively as well. Um, um, just having a big like him uh, in the back was really helpful because he just understood. He knows how to play offensively. He was great. Um, obviously, he had that crazy injury where he hurt his arm and kind of like his offense took a hit from there, but. Um, I thought, you know, if he didn't have that injury, he, he was probably going to be unbelievable offensively, you know. Uh, but he's one of the guys that always stood out to me as far as, like, you know, guys that, you know, when I'm on the floor with Andrew, I, I'm good. I, if I have a big like him in the back, I know whatever happens, I'm going to be good. Um, so, 
yeah, so I, I'll, I'll say him. Right. And, you know, you mentioned injuries and, you know, you had your injuries as well. You had your shoulder dislocation, you had the knee injury. How important is the mental aspect of it? Because I think for the media or for fans, an athlete is just a commodity at times. But what's important is there's a mental aspect to it. You know, it's, it's a very tough life for an athlete. You almost have to have things go quite perfectly. What's the mental aspect of being an athlete and dealing with injuries, dealing with setbacks, dealing with being traded and, and so many different things? How tough does that get? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's everything. Um, you know, it's like you, when everything goes good, every, everything is good, you know, everybody always, you know, it, it affects your game, definitely. You know, obviously being, you talk about being traded, um, you know, being in the right situation, um, obviously injury, dealing with all that stuff, it affects your life. And this is our livelihood, you know what I mean? That's how, that's how we earn a living. So if you get an injury, man, it's like the whole company is, is, is kind of hurting, you know what I mean? It's like we look at ourselves as companies. So the whole company is hurting on that side. So uh, definitely being tough mentally, uh, help, help goes, goes to it. I mean, for me, like growing up where I grew up, man, I've seen so much and to me, the fact that I was able to do what I did is it's amazing. I never knew in my wildest dream that I was going to be able to be in this position. So I was already blessed, you know, and everything was just icing on the cake. And this is because of like the background that I had and how I grew up, uh, you know, coming from, I came from a kid from Cameroon. No one would expect me to be here. No one would expect me to be blessed to do the stuff that I was able to do. Um, so understanding that and understanding that, you know, none of it is from, it's me. Like I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm a uh, Lord fearing man. And I feel like everything that was given to me is by the Lord. So I just go based on what he's, you know, guiding me to do, like, and whatever he's decided that my life is all about, that's what I'm going with. So that's kind of how I took it. But yeah, the mental part of it is unbelievable. Um, and I think that's what kind of separates guy, you know, that's what makes or break people in the league. And for you, do you look back on any particular season as the defining season in your career? Uh, I mean, I, I think my, my, my favorite season, my best season is sad because, you know, I, I think I got hurt right after that. I got, yeah, I got hurt after that. Uh, it was with Houston. Uh, I think that year was unbelievable. I just think that team uh, was probably one of the best teams that I've seen, uh, aside from the fact that I was on the team. Uh, it was just sad, you know, the business, you know, when you start looking at the business things of it, like, it's just sad that we never got the chance to keep that team. Um, obviously, we lost to the Warriors, losing Chris and all that. But, you know, people don't realize that was the first year we were together. And we won almost 68 games with a, with a I don't know, six or seven game losing streak. So um, we were really good, really, really good. And uh, that year was special to me. Um, like I said, it's, it's sad we didn't get a chance to keep that team. And I wish I, I wish we had that team for two or three years. Um, it, it was going to be very special. But yeah, that's probably kind of what, you know, best, I guess, defining or best moment of my career for me. I mean, it, you mentioned that that season was incredible for, for your team. You know, there was a style that had not been seen in the NBA for a while in just terms of relying on the perimeter shooting. But in the playoffs, there was, of course, the moment where it, it kind of didn't work out. What was the what was the conversation like within the team when things weren't quite going right near the end? You know what's crazy? It's like 
there wasn't really a conversation. I mean, that's, you know, you live and you die by it. You know, that's how we played. You know, I think um, we were up, you know, we were up 3-2 going to, I think going to Oakland, yeah. Uh, We were up 3-2 and we lost the game there. And even when we lost the game there, we always felt like, we always felt like we were better than them, like that year. Uh, We beat them in the regular season. Like, you know, it's like one of those things where you always feel like, you know, when you play a team, you know, like this team, we, we can beat them. Um, we we prepared for them. We, we guarded for them. We had everything we wanted for them. It's just unfortunate. I think I got hurt right before the playoffs. So I didn't play much that that, that series because I was coming back from injury. I wasn't really myself. Uh, Chris gets hurt. So I didn't play much. I think game six or game seven. I don't even think I played game seven. So those, to me, like there was so many things like that that went off that you can't really say that, you know, we played our, you know, we played our best or we had all our lineup and we had everybody and then we lost. Because I feel like, you know, if we were full strength, um, we definitely would have beat them. Like, that's, yeah. there's no doubt in my mind. And, and they, they know it. We all know it. So, to us, it's just like, you know, we just went full strength. We got we got hit by injury. So, that was it. I mean, you can talk about, like, we missed, I don't know how many threes in a row or whatever. But, you know, we had games like that where we did that and we still won. You know, so, uh, you know, where we missed a lot of threes, not... 27 in a row, whatever. So, but we had games where we missed a lot of threes and we still won. But I think we just went whole. You know, we just went whole. And then at that time, we were just coach was just trying to find ways to trying to win. But it's tough to do it against an amazing team like the Warriors. So um to me, so we didn't really have any talk. We just we knew we, you know, we knew we went whole. And you know, that's the reason why I think we lost. And after the series, what was the mood like in the team? Do you did you guys think you'll be back next season and kind of continue on? And then again, we know what happened. But do you think the mood was there to to build from that? Definitely, definitely. Like that's that was the mood. We were like, okay, good. Like you know, uh, they got us now. We'll see next season because now we knew. You know what I mean? And we knew, like I said, we knew we went whole. We knew we got hit by injuries, and we were just excited about like coming back next season. Um, that's why I said it's like it was very disappointing for us to not keep that team. Uh, it's just like to me, nobody we really know, aside from the people who were who were there, who were in the room. Like it's just like that team is like once in a while type of team. Um, and I think that team was was bound to win a championship for sure if we kept that team together. But you know, things always don't don't always work out the way you want. But yeah, that's kind of how we felt. We felt like you know, we came back next year, we had them for sure. And you know, just in your NBA career, even besides your NBA career, you know, you have been responsible for preaching an important message to, you know, people from your, you know, people from Cameroon, especially. And, you know, we've seen people like Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, you have been so instrumental in their eyes. Um, how would you look back on what you have, you know, what you have done for, you know, players in those, in, you know, in Africa and seeing that, you know, anything is possible, you know, being the person who can kind of preach that message. How important has that been for you in preaching that message? Huge man, um, it's it's um, I'll I'll say it, but it's it's true, man. It's probably more rewarding, uh, or oh, as close to being drafted in the NBA when you when you've been involved with like kids is uh, with some kids and you see them kind of get through and evolve and get to the point where they've gotten um, from you know being where you were uh, and now becoming special players in the NBA, like and doing amazing things. Um, 
when you look at it, it's like, wow, like I can't believe I was blessed enough to be part of this. Um, and uh, I mean, what, like that's, that's what you want. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, like it's not just about you. Um, and that's, uh, you know, I was blessed to, to be in this position and I was also blessed to go back and make an impact. And now I, I can see these guys and I can see like, wow, like I, I, I was part of this. Uh, and uh, there's no better feeling, man. There's no better feeling than that. And that's why, that's why I want, that's why I want to keep doing this. I want to keep, you know, helping kids. I want to keep, uh, you know, impacting them. I want to keep preaching to them and telling them like, man, like, you know, this is how it's done. I've done it. Um, and kind of keep that dream. Cause that's, that's what it's all about, man. These kids, they need, they need to keep the dream alive and they need opportunity. And if you can provide those for them, um, I mean, you, you really help a whole continent really. Cause you know, anytime you, you save a, a kid or a family in Africa, you save the whole city, the whole country, the whole continent. So to me, that's what it's all about, man. It's about giving back. It's about going back to, to our roots and, and making a change. Um, Cause you know, if we've been blessed to do, to be in this position, it's for a reason. And to me, that's what it is. And, you know, just a quick word on how do you feel about Joel Embiid and the season that he's having just and how he has developed as a player? Um, unbelievable. I mean, I think last year he was having the same uh, type of season already. I think he got hurt. That's the only difference. Yeah. But I mean, he's the last couple of years, he's, he's put on like definitely an MVP caliber season. It's awesome, man. It's awesome to see, uh, especially having gone through injuries earlier and having doubts. Um, to, to be able to come to bounce back and have the career that he's had, um, man, I, I can't be more proud of him. I think, uh, you know, he's he's getting to where we've always felt like he could get. Um, now is, you know, hopefully he can continue to strive that way. Hopefully he can get MVP this year. And, um, you know, next step for him is to win a championship. Um, and uh, Pascal also is doing well. Um, I think he came back from injury and now he's playing great basketball. It's good. It's good to see those guys uh, doing well. I mean, it's just, to me, it's just going to keep that dream alive for other kids in Africa. And that's what it's all about. And uh, this question might be a bit morbid, but how would you like to be remembered? Oh, man, how would I like to be remembered? And I, I would like to just, you know, be remembered as just a cool dude, man, who cared about others more than he cared about himself, man. That's all. Who cared about people in Africa, who cared about his continent and care about making changes um, and being a positive influence in people's life. And that's it. Uh, obviously, you know, basketball is great, but for me, you know, this is just a platform to help people and to help our continent. I've always seen it. Um, I've always seen myself as, as that, you know, it's just, I was put into this position to really make sure that, you know, other people can get their dreams and I can help other people get to where they need to go. So, if I if I need to say something, if I you know want people to remember me, it's just yeah, it's some that that's it. You know, and many people speak of you know creating a positive change on that level, but you have done it. You've been that person who has influenced so many lives, and I've been you know you, you've been such a great role model for a lot of people. And you know, I just want to say thank you for you know just not just your time, but what you've done over your career, and what and I'm sure you're going to just keep in the same. So just thank you for your time, and I really appreciate it. No doubt, man. I, I appreciate you. It was great sharing these memories. Uh, but yeah, I mean, hopefully, I and I hopefully uh, I'm, I'm planning to continue to do it uh, from a different cap now. But hopefully, continue to impact kids and impact the continent and trying to make change and trying to better ourselves.